1: Welcome everyone to Monday Match Analysis, I'm Gil Gross. Novak Djokovic has reminded everyone once again why Rod Laver Arena is his house. He defeats Daniil Medvedev in straight sets 7-5, 6-2, 6-2 in Sunday's final and I am here to take you through the match, the keys and the major takeaways that that can be drawn from what was another masterpiece on a Sunday in Melbourne, something that we have seen time and time again from Novak Djokovic. Came into this match as the betting underdog, and it did not go how I thought it would go Um, in terms of how straightforward it was, and it, it didn't go how... Uh, most people thought it would go just like uh, a couple years ago, two years ago, uh, Djokovic Nadal in the Australian Open final in 2019. If you'll remember, a very hyped up match, a lot of uh, a lot of excitement and a lot of uncertainty that people felt coming into that match, and then it turned out it was pretty pretty simple. And for that matter, the same thing happened at Roland Garros last uh, last year. Only the reverse. But we are here to talk about Novak Djokovic's incredible, uh, comprehensive dismantling of Daniil Medvedev. It is one of the four very special days of the year for me. The Monday after a major. Oh, how I love it. In fact, I I normally like to uh, celebrate uh, after the Australian Open when I don't get a lot of sleep with a, a late night espresso. So here we go. Cheers to everyone. This is for The listeners here, a little bit of espresso before we get going. And I will uh I'll save the rest for uh when I need it, about halfway through. So here's what I want to start with. Um I want to start with why this match went in a surprising direction. And that doesn't mean that it's surprising that Djokovic won. It doesn't even mean that. It's surprising that Novak Djokovic won easily. It doesn't mean any of that. It means that this match looked different than any of the previous meetings, or at least the key previous meetings, between these two players. And to understand why this match was a lot easier for Djokovic, you first have to understand why the match was different. So for that, let's go back for a second and and just kind of remind ourselves how this matchup has played out in the past, because it's going to be important uh, in order to point out a key difference here. The first um, was the 2019 Australian Open uh, meeting between these two. And in that one, uh, they very much engaged physically for two sets, uh, and they played at a very high intensity. And by the end of that second set, after that tie break, It was one set apiece, but Daniil Medvedev had nothing left, and Djokovic could then cruise to victory. At the ATP Cup, Djokovic jumped on Medvedev very, very early. It was not a physical set, and they did not have to play very long uh, in that first set. And then for the next two sets, they maintained a very high level of intensity. They were able to do it. Then last year at the ATP Finals, when I'd argue Djokovic wasn't in ideal shape and in a round-robin match at the year-end championship, wasn't uh, carrying a lot of motivation. But still, regardless, the same pattern persisted. Seven games, intense, physical, grueling, animalistic rallies. Uh, And it was not maintained. This time it was Novak who disengaged mentally and decided that he wanted no part of the brand of tennis that the matchup was offering and Medvedev cruised to victory. So in all of the previous meetings between these two players, it had been kind of a a collision and then whoever came out of that collision in better shape could then roll on. But they could not maintain the intensity That they were capable of for the entire match. Because it was just too darn physical. They're great defenders. They're consistent players. They move incredibly well. The rallies were long. But if you go back and you watch those matches. um, When it got physical. There seemed to be a mutual agreement. There seemed to be a resignation. Between the two players. That they were going to play long rallies. And at times it seemed like neither player was really looking for a way out. Now sometimes that's okay. And in fact, you know you don't want to, uh, you know, you don't want to sacrifice shot selection and you want to stay patient and those are all good qualities and good things. But this match um, was a little bit different. Australian Open Final 2021. Djokovic decides that he does not want to go that route. He does not want to do equal work as Medvedev. He sees an opportunity in burning Medvedev's legs out. He feels that he has an advantage in early baseline aggression, and he plans on using it. And that is what he did. I thought he made a a very distinct commitment to play quality balls with every single stroke of the racket. I'm talking every single swing was intended to do damage early on. It was as if to say, I'm going to make sure Daniil Medvedev is running, and I'm going to make sure Novak Djokovic is not. And that might seem obvious. That might sound like uh, a foolproof strategy, but it's not because there's downsides. And Djokovic grappled with those downsides shortly. It was in the long term in which that paid off. Daniil Medvedev made uncharacteristic mistakes in this match. You might say he didn't play well. Well, while there were certainly missed opportunities and it certainly was not his best performance, I think that most of the things that Medvedev did wrong in this match can be traced back to things Novak Djokovic did to him at an earlier point in the match. That's what I think you'll find. And there are always those swirling questions. Did Djokovic play incredible? Did Medvedev play horrible? And again, I'm going to take, as I always do, to be perfectly frank. I'm going to take a nuanced answer to that question. I'm going to say every at every step, uh, at every turn where Medvedev was bad, I can go to an earlier point in the match and show you something that influenced uh, that result. And I'm going to get into that. Um, why was this match different though? Novak made sure of it. It's very clear in my mind. Djokovic had a, a clear plan to dictate at all costs. Um, he was he was not gonna let himself get pushed around. And I was impressed with the execution that that he was able to to bring uh to this game plan. And and how was he doing it? Well, I think that um his ground stroke speed was incredibly impressive, his depth was incredibly impressive, and I I don't necessarily think that he was you know changing direction at at an incredibly high clip. In fact, uh, I think that he was playing rather safe directionals, but swinging especially on his forehand side really really hard and playing that high margin aggression cross court, but really opening up his shoulders and clocking the ball at Daniil Medvedev's weaker side, for the most part, his forehand, and also mixing in the drop shot. He hit um, six or more of them in the first uh, set, and some of them may not have worked, but I think Novak was okay. It was run, 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 run. There were drop shot lob combinations. Uh, There were just tons and tons of, of dictating points by Novak, and... They it wasn't happening the other way, it just simply wasn't. There were even a, there was a game in the first set where Djokovic went down and didn't put any returns in play. Why? Because he decided, well, I'm up in the set. I like how this is going. I'm not going to let Medvedev run me around. I'd rather get back on on to my serve and move, move go back to moving Medvedev around. There was a point in the first set where Djokovic probably there was a ball that he could have tracked down. And he was down 30 love and he decided not to. There was a conscious effort. He said, I am not going to be first to burn out my legs here. Like I was um, in some of the previous meetings that I've had with Medvedev. I am not going to kill my legs. It will not happen. He will be feeling it in his legs. At the expense of errors. At the expense of errors. At 1-3, Djokovic got broken back. He made some mistakes in that game that he probably didn't have to mistake. He didn't have to make those mistakes, but um, he was playing with uh, an extra 5% aggression on every single ball. So that was key. Um, and it paid off a little bit later. But I want to start with um, talking about something that Djokovic has done. In many, many, many Australian Open Finals in a row. Now, four in a row. Four Australian Open Finals in a row. Djokovic has gotten off to this unbelievably dominant start. Three love in his last three. No, his last four. Sorry, Australian Open Finals. Andy Murray. He went up five love in 2016 in that final. Rafa Nadal. 2019. Well, he went up three love and then and then uh I think he, he went up four one. Did he win that first set six one? Something like that. Um or was it was it six let me check that real quick. Uh Dominic Team, he went up three love on. Team ended up making it a little bit more interesting, I think, in that first set, but he he got off to that start. And now here, uh Daniil Medvedev. Now he he ended up uh getting back to three games apiece, but it was also a three love uh, lead for Novak Djokovic early. I think there are a couple reasons for this, but it was especially key in in this matchup. Yeah, it was a it was a bagel first set six love for uh, Djokovic over Nadal. Um, so the beginning of matches are kind of like the end of sets, the end of matches there's an incredible amount of tension at the very beginning of a Grand Slam final. And Djokovic tends to cut right through that tension and impose his will right away. He actually did a similar thing to Dominic Team in last year's final, going extra big and taking extra risk to try to make Team feel uncomfortable off the bat. Because the last thing you wanna do when you feel really, really nervous is take big, big risks. And Djokovic uh, attempts to capitalize on that passivity uh, in, in his own way. But in this match, there was a different twist to that, which is that Djokovic was just going to the Medvedev forehand over and over and over and over again. And look, very simple reason. He felt, look, if if Medvedev is going to be feeling stress right now, if there's going to be pressure on Daniil Medvedev, well... I know what side is going to break down if Medvedev's going to be a little bit tight in the right arm. It's the forehand side. So, Novak was going there over and over and over again. I'll show you this point right here at at 15 all and you'll see Djokovic is going to take this open stance backhand on the run. He's going to take it down the line. He's going to dare Medvedev to hit this forehand into the open court, and Daniil does so successfully. Now Novak's on the run, and he's going to say, okay, do it again, and this one's kind of high loopy cross court, not a lot of pace, and he's going to force Medvedev to generate here on his forehand side, and this time Daniil misses this wide cross court. Uh, This first game, or really this first 10 minutes, was littered with Daniil Medvedev forehand errors, but also... It was characterized by rock solid play by Novak Djokovic and a lot of really big forehands cross court that bothered Medvedev and, and and great play by Djokovic right away to get off to that three love lead, which which wound up being very very crucial because again I am not saying by any means that Novak's plan to to dictate at all costs here was the the you know correct strategy in a kind of black and white sense. He First, he needed to execute well, and I was impressed with how few mistakes he made. And two, you know, it it was a two-part strategy for Djokovic. The the payoff was coming later. Um, So because he was able to give himself that cushion early on, By managing the nerves, attacking the Medvedev forehand, drawing errors off that side very, very deliberately, he gave himself that cushion to have that loose game, which he did at 1 3.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: As this first set wore on, Medvedev began to serve better and also hit his forehand better. But at the end of the set, um, we are going to see one of the major keys to this match play out in what turned out to be probably the most crucial game in this match, which is uh, Medvedev serving at five, six and Djokovic plays two tremendous points here for, um, to, to start off the game, a bunch of big forehands at love all sustained aggression, finished with an inside and winner. And at love 15 Djokovic handles a ball in tight, Uh, close to the net, and scoops it up um, deep to Medvedev's forehand, and Daniil makes a mess out of the forehand pass. But someone with a serve as big as Medvedev should be able to get themselves out of trouble sometimes. The key is how he didn't. And it has to do with Medvedev being more uncomfortable than Novak uh, playing early aggression behind his serve, the plus one game. So here we have a love 30 point and Djokovic is going to hit a, a stretch return, really. On the full stretch, he's going to block it high in the air. And most players on tour here who have you know modern, modern games with a high acceleration forehand, most players are going to run around this one, let the ball bounce, and try to hit a big forehand. And it's not as if that is the the right play, or uh, it's not as if Medvedev should have done that. It's just with Medvedev's skill set, he's less likely to have success doing that on a no pace ball like this. So what he's going to do is he's going to take a backhand swing volley. So really, really risky shot. And Djokovic, his brain is like a calculator. He understands in a split second how how risky this shot is for Medvedev and whenever you hit that risky swing volley, you're probably going to go cross court. You want the low part of the net. You want more court to, to work with. It's, it's only natural. It's such a difficult shot to time. So you want to give yourself that extra margin and go cross court. Look at Novak. He's ready for it. You, You see his weight is just moving to his left. He knows it's going there and Medvedev actually hits the top of the tape. So good thing he went cross court, or the ball would not have gone over the net anyway. Uh, But it hits the tape, gives Novak extra time to line up this backhand pass, and he hits an absolute laser past Daniil Medvedev. Medvedev gets it back to 30-40, but at 30-40 you see a similar problem. Daniil hits his spot out wide. Djokovic takes a left hand off the racket and hits a slow uh, or, or a no pace block return on the backhand, but he gets good depth on this shot, which is always the key. He's forcing Medvedev to generate. There's no pace on this ball. It all has to come from Daniil. And this is where Medi's uncomfortable. And Medvedev nets this forehand in a huge spot. And the first set goes to Novak Djokovic. So let's take this first set and make some conclusions about what happened. Medvedev did way more running Then Djokovic. Um, Medvedev lost the set. And those two things in combination are going to put Daniil in a really tough position. Those two things in combination are going to change Medvedev as a player. They're going to fundamentally alter who Daniil Medvedev is on the court. Because now Medvedev is in a position... He he knows how hard he worked in that first set. He worked too hard to lose it. And he knew that. And he knew that he could not play that tennis over the course of what would have needed to be either three or four sets. He could not do that much running for three or four sets and hold up physically. He needed to win that first set. And Djokovic did did enough here. Um it was a tight set. It was the most competitive set. But ultimately Djokovic used what was his greatest technical advantage. First of all, starting managing the nerves, going to Medvedev's forehand, playing with you know a, a really unbelievable level of quality on every single shot um, from the baseline. Serving well, making returns, and allowing playing a really good game at 5 6 and allowing Medvedev's plus one game to crumble. So, uh, this was uh, a set that changed Medvedev for the good. So now Novak is dealing with an altered version of Daniil Medvedev. It's going to be a less patient Daniil Medvedev. It's going to be a player who needs to shorten points. That is still a dangerous player. Don't get me wrong, still a dangerous player. But what happens in this second set is an absolute serve return clinic, clinic, clinic by Novak Djokovic. Medvedev is a dangerous player, even if he wants to shorten points because he has a great weapon to shorten points. He's got his forehand. And I also think that What allows Medvedev to grind on his return games is that oftentimes he doesn't need to work on his service games. That is when you have a player like Stefano Tsitsipas saying, oh my God, this guy is serving like John Isner and now he's grinding on on his return games. And I hate it and he's so hard to beat. And it's driving me crazy. Well, what happens when Medvedev runs into a returner as good as Novak Djokovic, who's actually making Medvedev work on his service games. Well, now we can't work as hard on his return games either. Medvedev's legs are burning here. And Novak is not allowing him to shorten the rallies because the return is too good. Now, what I'm going to do here, and um, this is obviously more effective on, on YouTube than it will be on podcast platforms, but I want to take you through um, all of... Um, all of the key Djokovic return points. And look how many points Novak won early off of simply his return. It was absolutely uh, clinical here. So here's here's 30-15. Medvedev is actually up a break here because Novak plays a, a loose game at the beginning of the second set. So Medvedev trying to consolidate the break and he's up 30-15. Um This return right on the baseline to Medvedev's backhand. He nets this. Now we skip ahead to 30-all. Daniil, for the most part, hits his spot here. This is my favorite return of the match, probably, by Novak. Um, It is just an absolute rope right at Medvedev's feet. And this one sails long. The half volley sails long for Medvedev. Okay, now it's a break point. And Djokovic gets a second serve to work with here. He takes an aggressive second serve return cross court. Medvedev digs it out, but Djokovic is in a great position now to open up with his forehand. This is the shot that Medvedev doesn't really have at the same level that Djokovic has. Now Medvedev on the run on his forehand side, and he hits it long. Let's skip ahead later in the set. Now we're on serve after Djokovic gets the break. And now Novak goes to uh, the more passive block return and by the way, I want to point out one thing that's very important about this 1-2 game. Novak played a lung-busting 24-shot rally at Lovall to start this game, moving Medvedev on a string. Again, this is key. Without this long rally at the beginning of the game, Medvedev is not going to miss the shots that I'm about to show you Medvedev missed. Uh, Nonetheless, 15-all. This is a, remember, this is a block return by Novak, and Medvedev misses a first ball backhand. Now, um, 30-all. This is a second serve return by Djokovic. Kind of middle of the court, nothing special. He gets it to the side that he wants to get it to with with Daniil, and Medvedev hits this first ball forehand long. And now we skip ahead to 30-40. It's break point. I believe this is another second serve return. Djokovic goes hard cross court and Medvedev looks to over he's way overly aggressive. He looks to change direction on the first ball and he hits this one well in the double sally. You look at this game and you think, well, that was the war, that was a horrible game by Daniil Medvedev. And certainly there's a lot of truth to that. Medvedev missed 3 First balls, that's not any good. And uh, two of them were on second serve returns or or two of them. uh, Two of them, he he didn't get his first serve in. And then um, they weren't unbelievable returns like I showed you at that Love One game. But clearly something has happened in Medvedev's mind and he's totally out of his element. He is desperate to shorten the points. And this was a theme now for the rest of the match. And it goes back to how the first set was played with Medvedev doing way more running than Djokovic. The combination of Medvedev looking to shorten points and the level of Novak's returning, which was outstanding, was a sure recipe for breaks of the Daniil Medvedev serve. It was a a guarantee... It was 100%. That was just how it was going to play out here. Now, I'm not done on the Novak return, okay? Watch this now. Uh, looking to close out the set. Well, actually, Medvedev serving to stay in the set, and he's down 1530 here, and just a pair of ridiculously good returns here. This one, again, about a foot in front of the baseline. It's hit very hard to Medvedev's backhand, and Daniil floats it just long, and now at 30-40, this is a statement second serve return. It's not a, it's not a very good second serve, but Djokovic uncorks on this forehand. The timing on this is beautiful, and he basically paints the baseline with a, a forehand return that probably was faster than the serve itself. And now Medvedev is facing the back fence. He's facing the wrong direction, it's an embarrassing screenshot, it's good for Djokovic, and that is how the second set ends. And I want to make one more point about the the final two second serve returns that Djokovic hit here at 2-5. The beginning of the third set was a Medvedev two-double-fault game. And again, Medvedev went up an early break in the third set. It's another example of what we talked about. Every at every step of the way, where you could say Medvedev was awful, Medvedev gave it away. You could point back to something earlier in the match that led to that to those mistakes. In this case, the context that Djokovic was absolutely obliterating Medvedev's second serve was part of the reason why he was double faulting at that one love game in the third set. Um with that being said, it is, you know, Djokovic certainly exposed one of the shortcomings in Medvedev's game. His kick serve needs to get heavier. His kick serve is not heavy enough and against most players he gets away with it because even against a player like Andre Rublev, who I've noticed tries to attack Medvedev's second serve, uh, Daniil can quite easily just accept that pace and then get back to neutral. But against Novak, uh, he was unable to do that, especially, again, in the state of mind, down a set with tired legs. Um, just to paint a full picture, Medvedev could not win on his second serve the entire match. Uh, He finished 32% points one on second serve. Djokovic uh, had his kind of his typical 58% mark. It's generally uh, where he is able to hover, which is an incredible number. Um, But oftentimes you'll see Novak up there. And Djokovic's second serve is is far superior to Daniil Medvedev's, and that was a key. But... Uh, I do not want to finish talking about this second set yet without talking about Novak Djokovic's serve. And, well, let's let's get to the screenshots first. Uh, if there was one point where Djokovic was in trouble, and there were, I think at one all and two all, there were some mini chances for Medvedev, and he didn't capitalize on them. But this was the first time that he was... You know, re- really uh, legitimately two points away from the break late in a Djokovic service game. It was Deuce here. And what does Novak come up with? Well, a perfect serve up the tee, hits his spot, and Medvedev doesn't return it. And now it's at in. And then Djokovic goes down the tee again. And Medvedev is on the stretch. And he can't make this return either. And at this point, Neil Medvedev smashes his racket because he finally got his chance and what does Novak Djokovic do? He gets two free points. But the serving stats are a bit misleading in this match. Uh, Medvedev actually put in to play a higher percentage of first serve returns than Djokovic. But that, again, doesn't really tell the story. Because while Djokovic was very, very comfortable uh, taking control of a rally off of the first ball error free high margin with aggression Medvedev was very very unstable in that very same spot so Djokovic was getting pay was getting payoff from getting that first serve return in play Medvedev was not getting the reward for that so you know return in play whoop de doo that doesn't win you the point now that's that's kind of what I would say to that uh, aces in this match were 6-3 to in favor of Medvedev. Again, it's completely misleading because Djokovic played better on his serve and and it wasn't even close. And Novak befuddled Medvedev with how well he returned the first serve and how well he defended behind it. And I gotta say, it was quality of first serve return. I don't want to act like Medvedev just you know, was missing plus one forehands in the middle of the court. As I just demonstrated in the screenshots that I that I showed you here in the second set, these returns were unreal. These returns were a level above what Medvedev had faced all tournament. And that is the reason why there was a significant drop-off in first serve points one um, for this Match when it comes to Dani- Daniil Medvedev. Medvedev won seventy eight percent, eighty six percent, seventy seven percent, seventy eight percent, eighty percent, eighty eight percent against Stefano Tsitsipas in the semifinal. Against Djokovic, sixty nine percent. That is eight percentage points below any of Medvedev's previous opponents, and that includes Filip Krajinovic, who pushed him to five sets. So that is a uh, just massively significant. And then, um, let's talk about the Novak Djokovic serve. Um,
0: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done at Granger. We're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: I don't know, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm sure I'll be talking about this for a long time coming. Um but maybe this should have led the show today because this wasn't just about and this is a this was whole, all tournament long. And again, in this match, Djokovic only served three aces. But throughout this tournament, Djokovic showed what his future is. And in front of our eyes, the pathway for Novak Djokovic's longevity is being paved. To look at the men's singles ace leaderboard at the end of this tournament and to see Novak Djokovic at the top— with 103 aces, first place in front of Alexander Zverev with 88, and Milos Raonic with 82, and Daniil Medvedev with 80. You know how terrifying that should be? That is flat-out scary for all of Novak Djokovic's rivals. It, it is. You know, to, to have to deal with all the things that Novak Djokovic does well, to see him... Above an aces leaderboard, above players like Zverev, Raonic, and Medvedev, and Kyrgios, to see Djokovic's name above those guys, it is absolutely terrifying for all of Novak Djokovic's future opponent and it, opponents. And it 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 bodes well, especially on fast courts for the rest of the year. So was was Novak serve incredibly cut, clutch and a big factor throughout this match? Yes, it was. Uh, don't let the ace count fool you. Um, Win percentage on first serve, 73%. It's good. It's not overwhelmingly good. But we're talking about Daniil Medvedev, who has just been incredible on return all tournament long. And still, Djokovic got the better of this dynamic by quite a margin. It was still second serve, though, where the disparity was, uh, was greater. But that's why I didn't start with this, because I don't think that the Djokovic serve won him this match against Daniil Medvedev. But in terms of what are my big takeaways for the tournament, there it is. That's it. Djokovic's serve. Uh, big time. Big time, big time, big time. Um, so Medvedev did go away a little bit in the third set. He had no chance of coming back. He was down two sets to love. Uh Novak. Fended off a Medvedev push, uh, serving at 4-2, and it was uh, just a incredible game by Djokovic on on so many levels. So it's not as if Djokovic wasn't impressive in the third set, and Medvedev kind of handed it over. But for portions of that set, Medvedev was quite frankly uh, panicking and you know too negative to really play his best tennis. Novak locked in, smelling blood, took control. I really don't want to spend that much time talking about the third set because the match was over. So, again, let, let's, let's kind of summarize this in a concise manner, and then I'll talk about um, some takeaways. I, I want to talk about Medvedev takeaways, and then I want to talk about um, big three... Slam dominance versus the next gen. And then I'll wrap things up. So again, why was this match different? Why wasn't it as physical as we've seen it in the past? Why didn't it become this war of attrition? Because Novak refused to let it become that. Novak didn't want it to be that. He didn't think it was his best chance of winning. So he upped the rally aggression. And he he really made sure that every swing of his racket was delivering high-quality outgoing balls. Incredible depth, incredible pace, incredible offensive intention. Uh, The result of this was that Medvedev did way more running, way more road work in the first set. And I think Novak did get his legs burning in the first set. I don't think that Medvedev got uh, got Djokovic tired at all. I thought that the... The work rate was pretty one-sided, even if the set was competitive. Again, you can watch that back. It's not that Medvedev wasn't winning points. It was how he was losing points, right? So Medvedev might win points. His serve was very good in the first set. He might win quick points. He might win easy points. Djokovic makes an early on forced error. But watch how he was losing points. He was losing points because Djokovic... With his superior sustained aggression from the baseline, especially early on in rallies, um, he was making him work harder. So, first 10 minutes, Medvedev a lot more nervous than Djokovic. Novak gets to the 3-love lead. Then he implements that game plan. Medvedev does more running. Uh, At the end of the set, Medvedev's plus-one play kills him. And Djokovic's return in in combination. Second set, Medvedev's legs go. Now we have an altered version of Daniil Medvedev, which allows uh, Djokovic's return to really take control of the match. Uh, Now Djokovic dials back the aggression, makes sure to get the balls in play, because now he knows that Medvedev, this new version of Medvedev, really doesn't have what it takes to to play those long rallies over the course of the three to four sets that Daniil would have had to play in order to win the match, serving and returning clinic in the second set, Medvedev could not come back from down two sets to love in 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 a best of five, and um, that was really how the how the cookie crumbled here, to use a just god awful cliche. Daniil Medvedev. Let me let me take a second to just address kind of um what we saw from him. There's a gap. There's a gap. There's a there's a learning curve and um something one of these things needs to happen. There's a couple of options here. The best of 5 format against A player as good as Djokovic, I don't think it suits Daniil Medvedev. I'm comfortable saying that at this point. Um, And I don't think it's just an overreaction from one match. I I really don't. Um, Medvedev either needs to become better conditioned or he needs to find a way to do less running. Um, it's It's kind of one or the other. Because right now, I do think that in a best of five format, Medvedev is in a position where he needs to win quickly. And if you look through his results at majors, even since his breakout, he is a, a really good front runner with great killer instinct and he can really jump on his opponents. He has a great ability to, to run away with matches, but I don't think he has the fitness or the play style because it's one or the other, um, to actually win a four or five set match. And I think the fact that he lost the first set and his play style had to completely change tells you everything you need to know. Everything. You know, it, it means that the fact that there was panic in Medvedev after losing the first set just told you he could not sustain the play style that was required of him. Now, if if he was playing someone else who wasn't Djokovic, who could get his first serve back with interest on a somewhat consistent basis, you could have had a different story. But he just can't get those free points. He needs to play. And he he doesn't have that. So the forehand either needs to become more reliable. He needs to find ways to finish points that could be getting better at the net, getting better in the transition game, um, improving the second serve that way, he can be aggressive off the second serve, not just the first serve. Uh, the second serve, he was on defense right away, um, or he can get more fit. I don't know if if that's a possibility, if that's an option, but you know perhaps that can happen because uh, right now there's a small margin for him. He needs to win quickly, in my opinion, or uh, or he gets in him, himself in trouble. But Novak Djokovic really did make a statement here and announce that you know th- there's there's a gap um some of it is technical some of it is mental we saw in the first set how mental it is we saw with the uh the first the, the return and the first strike tennis you know that that it can be technical and this um what i want to address to end to end the show is big three dominance. And, you know, we just saw, uh, an, a dominant win from Nadal at Roland Garros. So then we saw now a dominant win from Djokovic at his house in Australia. And the, the majors have, you know, not slowed down and Dominic team won when Federer had surgery and Djokovic got defaulted and Nadal wasn't there. Right. Um, besides that, the big three have continued to have a stranglehold on, on the majors. So I want to be logical about this to end the show. And I think that this was a a match that perfectly kind of encapsulated what the differences are here in a major. And it's specifically potent. Why am I talking about this now? Because we just kind of saw an ATP finals where Dominic team beat both Djokovic and Nadal, and so did Daniil Medvedev, and then they met in the finals, and a lot of people were throwing around this changing of the guard thing, and look, you can change the guard, you know, in Masters and in, in best of three, but Djokovic just sent, you know, another message that this is a different ball game, man. Majors are a different animal. It's a different beast. It's a beast that Djokovic has tamed now nine times in Australia. And Medvedev is not even close to um, obtaining the advantages that come with that pedigree. He's got a lot of learning to do is, is what we learned here. But again, I want to think logically about this and not just kind of throw your hands up and be like, well, majors are different. Why are they different? Okay, there's there's reasons for this. Um. The first, I do believe, is the best of five format, and you just saw how this affected Medvedev, and it might affect different players in in different ways. But changes the game, totally changes the game, and it it really allows players like Djokovic, Nadal, and and Feder to show off some of their best qualities, like their consistency, uh, throughout the. Duration of a match, but also their problem solving skills, and also the more sample size, the more the the um the the less volatility you have in a sample size. But um you also have rest, and boy did Djokovic need it here. You needed he needed to to be healthy, and that was important, and you also have motivation and Um, I just want to point out something that I think is really important, which is that Novak Djokovic did not devise a diabolical change in his tactics when these two played in the ATP Finals. He did here. He did for this match. He didn't do it a couple months ago. They played, and Novak did exactly what he had done in previous meetings, but he was like, well, I don't really care i don't want to put myself through the suffering required to win this match and by the way as i said the word suffering i i I realized that i forgot something with medvedev it's either learn to finish points quicker get more fit or learn to suffer more okay three Uh, i could only think of two i knew i was missing one and that jogged my memory so those are i think the my three takeaways from this match the three things that One of those three things need to improve for Medvedev to become a tougher player in best of five. Okay, back to Djokovic. Um, You know, he, he came into this match and decided, I do not want the points to have the same makeup that they have in the past this time around. I'm going to change it up. I am going to commit to making his legs more tired than mine early on. I think even if I think Novak was willing to lose the first set. I really do. I think Novak was willing to lose the first set in order to make that happen. And he won the first set and then it was runaway. Then it was runaway. But um the the commitment the commitment was there. The game plan cha- uh, change was there. Diminish Medvedev's legs, you know, alter him as a player. And then go to work and then wall up and then be consistent and then play the defense and and tone back the errors, um, which which Djokovic was really able to do quite well. Um, Big, big difference in the forehand just before I sign off here. Why not? Let's just go go to this because I just want to cite that statistic. Uh, Medvedev made 10 unforced errors. Excuse me, 14 unforced errors on the forehand to nine uh, winners. And sorry, Medvedev made 14 unforced errors to nine winners. Djokovic made eight winners to three unforced errors, uh, especially behind the serve. That was a, a big deal in in the reliability. But anyway, I'm, I'm uh, getting sidetracked here. I think that I've uh, covered everything that I wanted to cover here for uh, why Djokovic was able to get through this so comprehensively. An unbelievable forehand performance by Djokovic. An unbelievable serving and returning performance by Djokovic. A tremendous execution of a game plan, which was different from previous meetings. And the result was a befuddled Daniil Medvedev, who has improvements to make if he wants to have any chance against someone like Novak Djokovic in a best-of-five major final. Remember, Monday Match Analysis is available on all podcast platforms. I greatly appreciate all the positive feedback I've gotten over the course of the last two weeks. Um, again, if, uh, if you are a podcast listener, if you're on Apple, uh, throw, that, uh, throw me a, a rating and a review. That's a big help. And I always appreciate when you share these kinds of things on social media. It's a big help. Word of mouth. Help it grow. Uh, loving all of that. Um, my Twitter handle, if you want to follow me and you're new to the channel is at Gil underscore gross, um, uh, very exciting content coming your way uh, over the course of the next two weeks. I will talk to Steve Flink on Wednesday. I will do a mailbag on Friday because I know you guys are dying to, to hurl your comments my way. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. Our house is a mess.